0: DIMP Digital presents the DDT WrestleCast.
1: Here from Dimp Digital. Welcome to the DDT Wrestlecast. This is the weekly pro wrestling podcast where we review wrestling shows from the present and the past, and we react to the latest news from the wacky world of professional wrestling. We are here every Friday on your favorite podcast app and YouTube, absolutely free. I am joined by the current Dimp Digital Fantasy Gaming League champion. It's Les Champion himself. Paper.
0: It is. It is. It is me, indeed. I am here again. People must be must be getting sick of hearing me turn up now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you you have you're in now. We were out of sort of the beta period of DDT Wrestlecast. Had the trailer drop last week. Got zero traction. So back to the grind. Um, (laughs) We've got a reasonably big show ahead. Actually, I'm quite interested to do this one because we're here to review WWE NXT Takeover in your house this is paper's first takeover event and i believe and you can correct me if i'm wrong this is your first kind of exposure to the nxt brand as well you've seen a bit of SmackDown and a bit of raw on the old pay-per-views that we've done previously i think we had the women's match didn't we at wrestlemania but this is a a full sort of nxt branded show I i don't know if you've ever bothered looking at any stuff on the network of them up until now
0: yeah, no, no, this is my first age I say, into the world of NXT. Um, I, I, I had as you're right on WrestleMania saw uh, the the Charlotte Flair rhea Ripley match. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I think we both complimented actually one of our favorite matches of the whole, um, whole of WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, at the time, I think, yeah, I think it might have even given you might have said it was completely your favorite um yeah, it was. so yeah. it was and i think it was my second so yeah so yeah i was definitely interested to, to 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 watch this i yeah i have what in bits and bobs i would say on on like the old youtubes as my dad would say yeah. um uh and uh uh but nothing like I would say like a show or a full match bits more around or like, you know, William Regal talking about it or yeah. triple H or HBK talking about it. So sort of the, the old school wrestlers that, um, uh, we would know from our sort of heyday of being into the whole sort of WWE universe or then the WWF, um, universe. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I was quite keen to understand it a little bit more. I, I, I appreciate there's a, an NXT UK, which yep. once again, never watched any of that, and so I'm, I'm pretty sure that doesn't uh, involve any of what we watched. um The in your house stuff, I'm, I think that must be completely separate, and I, I really don't know how that works. Maybe you could give me a little an overview. Yeah, but yeah. I, this this is definitely the the first time into NXT.
1: Yeah. So sometimes there will be a little bit of crossover between NXT and NXT UK, like. For like two months, a couple of wrestlers might go over to NXT and vice versa. Um, so that's happened. The the Well, I don't know what they're doing with the Cruiserweight Championship, but um, there's an Irish fella, I've forgotten his bloody name now, but he's got it and he was from NXT UK and he got it just before the um, the, the pandemic kicked in. So he's sort of stuck over in the UK with the, the belt. That's why they've been doing like a, um, a tournament. To decide who's going to be the next sort of cruise, they said interim champion, and they sort of removed that, and they gave away the uh, the, the, the the championship final on the um, the TV show they do on weekly. I thought that would have been a good final to have on on this takeover event but it was a very trim takeover event what was it about two hours 20 something like that so it was, it was short which i guess we always appreciate with the amount of and it's about and especially when we've got to try and do something live but yeah so there's a little there's a bit of segregation there they normally do like a world's collide event once a year and then that allows you know for like a crossover and they, they mix and match now and again but usually the storylines are pretty separate um and, uh, yeah, that's how that's how it works. But we will get into In Your House, or TakeOver In Your House. I keep saying In Your House because it's an old old pay-per-view model that was used by the WWF back in the, the mid and, and, and late 90s. But we'll get into all that in just a moment. But I've got to let you guys know that if you enjoy the DDT WrestleCast, then obviously tell all your mates where we're available, which is pretty much everywhere if you're into podcasting or if you're on YouTube, totally free. And then if you want to support the show, uh, you can you can tip us or you can earn some cool perks. My personal favourite is the Be The Booker. So if you pledge a, a certain amount, you'll be able to suggest or, or force us basically to run shows based on the events that you've chosen. So you can pick something out of the archives going way back or something more modern and we will, we will do that for you. And if you want to take a look at what's available, head over to patreon.com forward slash DDT WrestleCast. And you have the opportunity to become one of our very special patrons there.
0: But cool, I'm definitely going to become a patron. I'm am going to suggest one. I'm going to actually be able to get some saying in this podcast. Yeah,
1: you will, yes, you you definitely will. I think the tier might be a bit higher for you, but you know, <laughs> maybe we can maybe we can arrange something offline. Um, takeover in your house. Do, have you ever seen any of the old WWF shows that had the in your house branding? Do you, are, I don't, I think you probably would have missed it because the attitude here they kind of phased it out. But um, I don't know if you would ever seen anything historic with In Your House branded over it. But I'm sure you could gather from this at least that it was a, they were sort of doing a bit of a throwback, a bit of a, a little bit of finger pointing and laughing at the In Your House sort of early 90s style. But it, it had a very different feel to it, this event.
0: Yeah, I, I hadn't seen any of the In Your Houses um, previously um but i i sort of enjoyed that little bit of throwback to be honest um, yeah. i think maybe because we've been watching quite a bit of throwback wrestling recently um as people can tell if they've been listening to the podcast but yeah. um it was, it was to me it was it, i i did enjoy some of that and i like the way that and i' forgive me on on the guy's name but the the sort of like semi-presenter guy that was at the start and throughout like they brought him back into the fold and i assume that was if you'd watched a previous bunch of in your houses that would probably be quite nice you know oh they brought him back and stuff like that and so um yeah i i feel like it was it was done in a nice way it was done as a fun sort of you know goofy nerdy thing but i don't think it was done in a goofy nerdy sort of like we're laughing at you it's sort of like This is just good fun, and let's let's just enjoy it, and let's just make just try and do something a little bit different. So yeah, Yeah. I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, no, it was good. I I forgot on the guy's name as well. I had it earlier on, but it's 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 escaped me. But yeah, he was knocking around. I remember because I watched all the pay per views from WWF from pretty much the start all the way through. So I remember him popping up. I remember him giving away the house, and they they referenced that in it. And I really liked the the opening to take over. Where they used the this they were using old school promo music. You know they did like a video package at the beginning, and that was an old piece of music they used to use during the nineties. And they kind of cut it in a bit more of an old style with a filter over it. And I really kind of appreciated that because I I always think they were some of the best promos they they did um, was was during that time. But um, this is the first time that I and I believe you have seen a WWE. Uh, event with some fans or some, you know, the the, yeah. the, the performance center, um, you know, people under contract like that, like, that like wrestlers and whatnot, same as what AEW do. But they finally crumbled. The main difference here is they are behind some some sort of plexiglass plastic or thingy jig. It reminded me of like an ice hockey match. You know they have those like plastic boards oh, up yeah. and people banging on them.
0: What robot you... wars, that's what. Oh yeah, of. Ro-
1: yes, robot wars as well. Of course, <laughs> cannot forget that those robots. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen them when they used to go backstage and like look at them. They are fucking massive.
0: They're like... huge. Gary wanted to me and him to enter it once, but he never, he never. don't know, he never got the form and filled it out, and I was just a kid, so I was not going to do it. So, you know, who knows? But yeah, they they look fucking huge.
1: Yeah, because on the telly they don't look that big, but. We digress. A bit of bit of robot wars, a bit of throwback. We're all going back to the nineties here, so why not why not chuck some robot wars in there? Although was that maybe that wasn't the nineties? Early two thousand,
0: maybe late nineties. Who knows? Something
1: yeah. around that period. We'll suss it out.
0: But what did you what did you think of? Well, I think
1: easily we can say the fans added to the atmosphere as they would, or the the, the wrestlers around the ring. Um, what about having them behind this this? plexiglass type thingy that you might see at robot wars did you think that was a good idea they're obviously conscious around obviously social distancing which is why they've done it do you think like added to it detracted from it or wasn't really an issue
0: so i guess there's sort of two points here i think the social distancing thing is is if they use that as a reason that sort of a little bit bullshit, if I'm being honest, because <laughs> no one was social distancing behind that barrier. No, know. No, um, yeah. So they're all on top of each other there anyway. And I'm sure they're all sort of, you know, from the like WWE, you know, Academy or whatever it is anyway. So, um, they, they probably all know each other. Um, I, I personally think like having the crowd there is, is, is a plus like it, yeah. it gets points for having that crowd. It just, it just brings a little bit of atmosphere. Even if you can't have massive amounts of atmosphere. And even if they're just, you know they've been told to do some chants and some bits and bobs and stuff like that Mm. i know like i it it just adds a little bit more to it and it sometimes takes away from which we've seen in some of the previous uh pay-per-views on in wwe that sometimes you get some i i do do like some of the talking in the ring but some of it's just a load of shit and i don't really want to hear it especially when it's every
1: match you're like yeah
0: exactly you're like i don't want to hear dialogue like what, talk about everything and stuff like that. And so, you know, hearing one or two things or, you know, picking some stuff up and in between, crack. oh, did they say that? And, you hmm. know, it sparks a new sort of energy. In terms of the Perspex stuff, I've got nothing against it. It, it looks a bit flimsy and maybe I could have... They could have hardened it up, but you know, like it, the, it enables you know, like for the bashing. And you're right; it's a bit like hockey, so um mm. and, and like robot wars, as we mentioned, like where it's a bit more like brutal, and you know, we're trying to protect the crowd and all that type of stuff. But yeah, it, it it just looks like it could fall over.
1: Yeah, that was my main issue with it that that it looks. You could see when they were banging on it, which I think is a great thing. Like the great thing of having that that plexiglass up is that. It's It creates another bit of noise, like you can kind of do like a drum or, or whatever. But you could actively see that they were frightened that it was going to be flimsy and were sort of lightly hitting it. They couldn't just f- smash it. Like, if you could just solid that up a little bit where they could whack it hard, you'd get a much, much better atmosphere in there. But for what it is, it's not the end of the world. Um, this event took place at Full Sail University, which is where NXT normally is, is filmed and, and broadcast. It was a behind the closed door. So anyone that you saw in the crowd would have been, you know, under contract or part of the WWE universe, as they as they like to call it. But yeah, it was an interesting look at how they've how they've decided to do it. They've obviously decided that they want to now have some fans or some noise in there, and opted for putting up the flimsy plastic. Um, yes, definitely tighten it up so that they can really make some some noise of it. Moving on to the matches. We had six matches, which is probably why it was a bit brisk, which is good for us. Now, if we were watching an AEW pay-per-view and then it flashed up that they're going to have a six-woman tag team match to kick things <laughs> off, I would go and make a coffee, I think, and think, right, I'm just going to take this time to get myself properly prepared for when the, <laughs> when the event starts. Now, NXT have a, have a plethora of, of, of good women wrestlers. And they they did a six women tag team match. How did you find this opener? We like we always like the opener to sort of dissect it and see how it kicks off the event. But for a women's match against the AEW, I feel like this was just I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw it. I thought, oh god! But then realizing it's NXT, I know they've all got some they've got good wrestlers there, and this was I thought was a, was a good match.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's, it's I think we've uh, come to the agreement that it's, it's hard to compare uh, NXT. Women's or, or WWE's women's division to the AEW women's division. AEW have got about four women that that maybe can wrestle yeah. really well, um, and then you start sort of losing that. Um, but whereas um, uh, NXT, I as I said, like I don't know much about the NXT brand or the wrestlers, so this was also new to me. Yeah. um So a lot of them were, were 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 new. I one of the things I could I didn't quite understand, uh, and I know and the reason I didn't. and and actually did it purse really well in the other matches. They didn't give me the backstory to this match. And it sort of just went into this sort of, this was made being this reason. And it, it definitely was, you know, it was, it was, it just felt like free baby faces versus free hills yeah. um, in into some sort of strange way just to try and get you know people on the card and stuff like that however saying that without you know no real backstory to it it just sort of felt like it was thrown together the match itself was really good and there was some there was some really really good spots in it there was um hmm. Um, and I'm going off memory here, people, because I didn't make any notes because I was a bit of a slacker on this one. But um like there was I enjoyed the bit where there was like the, the triple sort of big move. So I think I can't remember who it was when did the topo see her sued at seed through through the ropes. I think they yeah. she sort of clipped her hill a little bit and and almost and it didn't go as well as she'd hoped. You can see the the rope wobbling afterwards, which I felt mm. a bit sorry for her. Then you had uh the the little lass. Uh, jump up on the roads ropes and do a, a backflip or a flip off the top of those which was quite good and then you had um the 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 welsh girl tegan knox yeah. um go off the the the, the top turn back or well, this was all onto the outside of the ring and so that was a really good spot and like it was just nice seeing seeing the girls do those those big moves and i was really sort of invested in in that and i i personally I, I always tend to find myself fine swinging more towards Hill, but actually within this match I've, I I did want the, the the sort of baby faces to, to win, and um, which they obviously went on and did, um, we, and it was just I just thought it was an all round good enjoyable match. There wasn't like any outside influence it was just like all six girls just sort of went on their own merit and just put on a, a on a good little match and i say little it was a good 10 minutes um but it's uh they put on a good match and and they kicked the show off well and so i personally at this point i was i'm sitting I'm thinking oh you mm. know this this is quite good you know have we just peaked early on because you know after my experiences recently with uh, money in the bank and um and WrestleMania, I, I was thinking, well, when's it gonna go wrong? Um so but um yeah, no, I was, I was pleasantly surprised with this one.
1: Yeah, I know why you um went towards the baby faces on this occasion. It's because Tegan Knox is Welsh, therefore British. I think as soon as you found that little bit of information out, you were like, <laughs> Right, got a back got to back the Brit, regardless. <laughs>
0: yeah well yeah, i reckon that's probably what happened subconsciously yeah and it's like ah, yeah there, there we go
1: absolutely but yeah miriam uh shoetzee blackheart and tegan knox beat candice larray dakota kai and, Ra- and raquel gonzalez um tegan knox and dakota kai kind of have been having an on and off problem for for months now so i guess that's a way of putting those together but yeah i was a bit disappointed there was no package to it because we haven't been watching the tv so we're not really up to speed with what's going on and i think that there's a lot of people in our shoes that just can't watch all the brands and all the TV, So, but it's nice to watch the big events when you can. I think you should always try and lead the video package if possible, but wasn't to be. Decent opener. Absolutely, to my mind, proves that, you know, the women are above and beyond what AEW have currently got, not just in terms of like a talent. I think the best in NXT are better than the best in AEW, but there's more of them. There's more of them that are a, a much better standard. So that really showed there when you've got six of them in there that are going to put on a great match, and then another three later on, which again, m- maybe spoilers, but put on a decent match for my liking as well. Um, we then moved into Finn Balor versus Damien Priest. In a, in a in a standard sort of singles match, Finn Balor, kind of like a badass baby face, he started off the hill heel when he came back to NXT. Um there's a little video package building this one up on your Damien Priest. Had you have you heard of Finn Balor before? Like just in no, passing. No, I hadn't. But he he
0: he'd won the Intercontinental title or something before. And you, yeah, obviously...
1: he's, he's won the Intercontinental. So, or he's won the unit. So he started in NXT, won the belt, um, then graduated to the main roster, and there that's where he won the. Intercontinental and also he was the first universal champion. Not that belts mean anything up on that roster, so probably worthless. Um, And then sort of was stalling because they just creatively, they have a bit of a loggerhead up on the main roster, I find came back to NXT and uh, he's kind of found a new lease of life where he's, you know, he's, he's putting on some great, he can always put on a great match for him, Bowler, but I think he's just allowed to be a bit more of himself rather than having Vince going that's no good pal. (laughs) <laughs> triple triple h kind of gives him a bit more freedom but he took on damien priest what did you what did you make of this match second one him
0: i thought it was um it was a, a solid match like mm. it was sort of it was a i i wouldn't say it was better or worse than the match before i just felt like it was a nice solid match it's obviously a different style because it was uh a singles competition yeah but um i i i from an outside perspective with finn i couldn't uh, and I, maybe they once again they led in with the story to this which is nice i enjoyed the vt at the start yeah. um and actually to not keep repeating myself they did that actually for every match after this point yeah. so that that was good um i couldn't quite understand for me i couldn't i didn't know where my loyalties fully sat in terms of if i was being a neutral between finn and and, and damien like i like obviously you know finn's irish so you know you're repping the europeans and stuff like that <laughs> and so you, you go hey um, but, expand uh, the net as far as we need to go <laughs> keep pulling them in um but um yeah uh, I, I finn you're, you're right it, it felt like finn was the hill but it was also like a hill that people tend to like yeah um, and damien was felt like uh, a baby phase but like a complex baby place that, you know, you could think, Oh, I'm not too sure about. Um, So yeah, it it was a bit of, it felt like some murky, murky waters um, in, in this match for me. Um, However, like the actual match itself, like some really good spots again, some, some really, um, impressive wrestling going on there and as i said it for a singles match it sort of it didn't feel long and mm. well, it went 13 minutes or yeah. something like that. Yeah, and yeah. That, that that's sort of going into the, the the realms of where matches can feel long if they're not very good yeah. this one kept was good it kept going backwards and forwards i just i just felt like it was just a, a nice nice match it felt it felt good to me
1: yeah no it was uh it's it was it was a good match and finn i, I, I had to go over he's just He's just on a different level, really. But Damien Priest is is doing well, and um, he look, he looked decent this match. This they took a few nasty bumps on the apron, which they've done a few times tonight. Um, and then Priest took a nasty one off the apron onto the steel steps, and I was like, oh. oh yeah, right. that
0: one looked really. It fucking roll off the back as
1: well. I was like, Jesus! Like, yeah, some of the stuff. That, it, I don't like these. I don't mind the apron bumps. It's not my body, but like. They, they do it in AEW like Modern wrestling, they just seem to think, right? What can we do to up the ante? I oh, know what we'll do. We'll Death Valley Driver, someone on the apron, and the hardest part of the ring. You just think, don't need to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, they, they, and they, 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 you, you're definitely right. Pete, wrestling seems to be making a big thing about doing doing spots on the apron. Um, mm. I, I, I as, as you mentioned, I was more, you know, more. Um, sold by the the spot onto the the, the steps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like you know more more of that for for, for me than maybe the aprons. So like equally sometimes like you see a spot done on the the apron uh, yes. and it just looks. Poor, and you think you think. Oh, then they're like, it's on the apron. It's like, yeah, but it doesn't look great. So Mm. use the apron from time to time. Don't get me wrong, and really make a big deal out of it. But don't keep using it in every match and every 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 opportunity.
1: Yeah, yeah, you lose some of the impact noise as well because the middle of the ring is designed and mic'd up properly. It obviously creates like a a much more louder noise when you land flat in the middle of the ring. Like sometimes on the apron, the impact's lost. You you know it probably hurt more than the middle, but you lose some of the audible stuff. But yeah, Finn goes over. 30 minutes, I thought, is a, a good match. The, Finn's a great worker and, and, and Priest is as well. We then had the NXT North American Championship match. Now, before we get into... The match itself. What do you think of kind of the second title just being a North American title? Like we've seen intercontinental titles on our travels. We've seen US titles on our travels. AEW have gone with the TNT championship and NXT have the North American title. What do you make of that as a, as a representation and a name?
0: Like, and, uh, like, I don't... I, I, I quite like the second belt. Like, I feel like it enables you to do something else, like, instead of just everyone just being packed, but, no, it feels like a bunch of people not doing stuff. So, yeah. I do like the second belt, as long as it's being maintained, um, its integrity, and it feels like it is here. I've only seen, I've only seen one match. I, I can't, uh, Maybe I'm commenting wrong, but it definitely felt like it was in this match. Mm. I, I guess sometimes my my concern with, like, things like the North American title or the European title is... is I don't understand is the title just saying we're representing the area so you can only ever win it in north america or or that the the company is based in north america so it's north america or is can only north americans win it and yes. i sometimes i get i get a little bit muddled in terms of why why name after a geo uh a, a location should i say yeah. in the world why why just not just call it um you know like uh, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know i just maybe just drop the the location names where, wherever they are european north yeah. american because it just it just doesn't feel like it needs that um i appreciate they're trying to think what's smaller than you know the world title well oh, yeah we can just name it after a continent that's sort of pretty big and that's sort of small and that's my assumption yeah. and we're based in north america yeah. um but maybe if they just called it like the regional title or something like that i
1: yeah, yeah, it's a tough. One. I think it's just sort of a, they need to name it something, and it was so used to it being geographical locations, like with the United States Championship. So at that point, yep. you, were, you were representing the, the U.S. of A. North American includes Canada and and other areas, so it's a little bit of a, a broader spectrum. The European title, although it was it was won in Germany, and Bulldog was the first champion. So we had one on European soil and one by a European. Obviously, over time that went over to the US and was won by all sorts of you know people from different backgrounds. It didn't seem like there's any restrictions on them. I guess you're just representing that area. Um, you always liked the European, well, obviously because we're, we're from Europe, but because it wasn't the home base of the WWF, I always quite liked that there was some representation. And you'd find that when they used to come and visit and do like a UK tour or a European tour, it, it didn't matter if the European champion was Hill – the crowd would get behind them because they were like their champion, if that makes sense. Different when it's a North American <laughs> yeah. title because it's, they're, they're all their events are pretty much there exclusively. But um, I always like that European title. But the North American title fine by me. They, uh,
0: uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. Like I, I, I think maybe if if people like because maybe that's maybe my understanding. If 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 it was like the wrestlers come out and say, right, I'm now repping. North America and stuff like that mm-hmm. that I think maybe that that's that's yeah that's not a bad way to do it well,
1: we talk about belts not having meaning and it's tough to give this one meaning when it doesn't mean anything like TNT title they are using pretty much the television title and it's, it's representing the network and that stuff. They've kind of gone for that. And Cody's like, well, I'm going to defend it every week and all that stuff. So you kind of get why it's different from the world title in that it's defend, like he's trying to defend it every week give or give it, give or take, but that will soon dry up and it will become, you know, pay-per-view or, you know, fighter fest style dynamites that will, that'll have to do it. But it's always the trouble with a second title. You just got to find a reason to have it. But you know, it gives gives these guys something to fight about. It gives Keith Lee, who's the champion and still champion. He defeated Johnny Gargano. Longest match of the night, twenty minutes thirty five seconds. You've got a huge man taking on a relatively small man in wrestling terms, like Johnny Gargano's build is five foot ten. Very rare you see anyone under six foot on the main roster and but NXT is a different kettle of fish. Um, I had a couple of problems with this. Just, and I'll get him out of the way, because I thought generally the match was pretty good. But first of all, we get the little story package about Keith Lee and Johnny Gargano, and then we find out that Gargano's stuck keys in Keith Lee's eye. And immediately I thought, cool, that's what Mox had happened to him when Jericho started spiking his eye. And then I thought back to Mox and I thought he got had that done like mid-January, and he wore an eye patch all the way to the end of February, like selling the injury like it was a, a, a genuine injury. Not here. Like, Keith Lee was, was almost blinded one week, and he's fine the next week. And he even gets stabbed in the eye during this match and sort of no-sells it. I just kind of thought that's a bit of a a silly gimmick if you're not going to make a big deal out of it because it means, it means nothing. And then secondly, again, to do with the, the foreign object, the keys that he was using, Johnny Gargano comes out the door. I like the fact they use the door at least once. I had one wrestler come out through that of the set. He stands there, all smug. Referee's in the ring, watching, no doubt. Johnny Gargano takes the keys that he used to unlock the door, a foreign object which is illegal in the ring. puts them down his trunk in full view of the referee, and the referee just lets him have them there. Doesn't even question him. And I'm like, why is that being let off? He's got he's got an illegal weapon in his trunks. Back in the day, they used to feel them. They used to do like the whole like, you know, we're gonna feel around your legs, around your trunks, and then that was to say that they had no foreign objects on them but he fucking stood there and watched him put them keys down there and he got to use them (laughs) having said that those two things aside were the only things that annoyed me but i I, I assume you probably didn't didn't pick up on those or weren't that bothered as i was
0: i I wasn't so bothered on those i was bothered on on a couple of other things actually Mm. so like actually i you know i really enjoyed this match if i'm being honest like i I felt like all, it, it was one of those ones that 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 built really really well, and the more I kept going, the more I kept getting into it. And it was one of those ones, you know, that it starts a little bit slow and then builds and builds and builds. And I'm finding myself more and more and more investing as we go through it. Um, and there were some great great spots in it. Um, so so like, but, but the thing that so I guess the thing that that wound me up was when um, Johnny Gargano tried to run away and he tried to go back through the door one. The door's not real. You can walk around it and just go backstage. Stop staying at the door and go. Two, he's got the keys down his pants. So why is he not? You know, why is he trying to knock to go in? Like he's. Yep. Uh, it's so, so that to me was a bit of a like, just a sort of bit odd. You know, you know, I didn't think it needed that part of the, the, the match to me. But mm. like, I could have got him like trying to get away. But that that door instant was a bit like you know, there's there's two other options there that are pretty obvious, yeah. um, and no one's going to let you in because it's a set. It's yeah. not a real bloody house. Um, but, um, <laughs> yeah, like, apart from that, like, there were some great spots in it. I loved the bit where um, when Keith pushed Johnny through the, the perplex. Uh, oh, yeah, the, the screen. Yeah. yeah, and I thought, like, that was great. Like, that, to me, that was, like, that felt hard. And um, it felt really, really well done, like, the, the spot taken and stuff like that. And I really got that, like, that point. And I like the bits, you know, like, where they um, – we worried about the count outs and stuff like that. And like, yeah. this was coming in because it was a championship match and, you know, uh, Keith's out there and he can't pick him up to get him back in the ring. And it's going to be a 10 count and he's having to go in and out, you know, to try and stop that happening. And obviously the same happens with, with Johnny. And then, uh, Keith just picks him up and carries him in. I was completely, so when he got hit in the eye, I was, um, I thought that was going to be, oh, that's the end of the match. He was going to win this yeah. and going to take the title and he's going to sort of get it cheatily. Um, so when he kicked out, I was a bit like, oh, I didn't expect that. So that, that was a good move. But I guess the only sort of slight criticism, oh, I've already given it one, but one of the other um, sort of things that sort of not wound me up, but like if you thought about it, sort of gives it away. So like um, Keith, or, you know, I actually I really, really, like keith lee as mm. a wrestler it, it sort of took me back to uh, you know sort of the attitude era where you had those, some of those bigger wrestlers that, that actually could put on a good show because oh yeah uh, so so people like uh, big show mark henry and all that lot like he at one point i think keith lee did like a spinning mm-hmm. hill kick and i was like fucking hell that guy's a athletic for a free size. so i was i was pleasantly surprised however my gripe with, with keith lee was that um um He wore his boxers or on his coat, and it was had the Black Lives Matter on it. And uh, I right. don't, I'm not got a problem with with that. I, I think I completely actually think that's, that's that's brilliant stuff like that. However, my problem was the WWE are not going to let someone coming out wearing Black Lives Matters after the current situation to not win the match. And so like, mm. if, if, and and in my head, I was thinking from the get go, I was thinking. I, I, I can't see Keith Lee not winning this because it, it's, it strikes a bad image for the company. Um, yeah, if they do let that, let some like yuppie little white guy overcome the, the, the black guy who's trying to, you know, make the point. And so mm. like, like, for, and it's not like it's, it's, let's be honest it's not like it's real sport where you know someone come out and and wave that flag and then they can lose the 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 boxing match or the football match or whatever it is it's 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 a the end product is scripted and so the creative team i don't think would allow that to happen so i in my head i saw new keith was going to win and so that that sort of in my head sort of you know gave it uh, not gave it away it sort of dampened it a little bit because you know when Johnny did put that key into to Keith Lee. And I thought in my, head, in my heart, I was like, oh, he's going to win this. And then there's also, I've already got those murmurs in the back, end, but is he really going to lose this because of what, what, what Keith's wearing and stuff like that? And so um, I think it's great that they got the point across, but it also sort you know, may, uh, maybe I was just looking into that too much and thinking, well, that's giving me away. But I, I thought like, yeah, is, is is was that the right way to do it, to not give away the result?
1: Yeah, I'm surprised that... More wrestlers didn't have something like an armband or something like that, and then that that particular observation you made wouldn't have been a problem because you'd been like everyone's, you know, wearing something to support the cause. Which is, which you know, is, is, a, is the right thing to do, but it, yeah, he was. considering, I think I, I, you know, I wasn't, I didn't watch everyone's attire for the whole match, but his one certainly was one of the, the more striking ones. And like you said, no problem him doing it, but you're right, the optics of Keith Lee losing to Johnny Gargano in in this manner, in this climate, would have been. Poor. They, they it wouldn't it wouldn't have been good optics. Having said that, I have got an observation in the next match that is very poor optics for what's going on in in, in the world today, and I'll we'll get to that when Adam Cole took on Team Dream. But yeah, I, I was surprised to see that there wasn't as many little bits and pieces like that, like what Keith Lee had his trunk. I was expecting armbands or something like that, but you know, yeah because there's
0: plenty of other wrestlers on that card that could have had some sort of you know emphasis on it as you said and then it would have been like oh well everyone's doing it that sort of makes sense but they only one it felt like only one person did it and you don't want that one person then losing their match no. um yeah. so yeah is that was i guess that was i guess the point i was trying to make
1: yeah uh, again and, and also once you kick out of getting keys in your eyes I kind of, at that point, know that the ending's going to be Keith Lee. Uh,
0: they oh, do yeah, this too way often. That happened. When, when that happened, I was like, Keith, yeah, 100% percent is
1: And then they drag it out for a little bit too long after that. And I'm like, i know what's going to happen now. Like, you've, you've done the big thing, the, you know. Uh, the, the best wrestling matches have that happen, and then you think, well, that's it, it's done. And then somehow Johnny Gargano wins it with another little sly trick. Um, I actually think back to Cody versus MJF, because... He he hit MJ off with, I think, two um, crossroads, and that's what he was using as his finish. And he went for a third one. And when he when he got to number two, I was like, oh, that's it, it's done now, because he, he won't get out of that. But, you know, he had the ring in his pants, and he managed to, to hit him with it. But... Yeah, it was it was a decent match though. I mean, you, the size difference between these two makes for an interesting spectacle. I will say that I've seen Johnny Gargano and Keith Lee in far better matches with other opponents. Like they are, they've been, like, Johnny Gargano versus Finn Balor on the last Takeover was excellent, and so was Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic. they were both. Better matches than what's been put on here but this was no no disgrace and you know if you're gonna have, have a that's the longest match on the card those two could could carry it probably win a couple of minutes too long like we said once we kind of had the key spot we kind of knew what was going to happen um for sure but it was a, a good match and, and Keith Lee keeps the North American championship which presumably means he's not going to the main roster or going to another roster I should say depending on your perspective anytime soon um a couple of others have gone recently like Matt Riddle um, and Dominic Dijakovic have both gone to, to SmackDown. And Keith Lee, out of all those three, to me has the biggest upside on SmackDown or Raw just because of his size um, and his personality. But he's going to stay in NXT for a little bit longer. I don't think it'll be long though before he, you see him on Raw or SmackDown eventually. And then we move on to what feels like now, like the obligatory cinematic match where as you, I like your, your analogy of we go from... Pro Wrestling, which is theatre, you know, live audience or an audience shot in one take to cinema or a TV show where it's cut, it's edited together it's a completely different kettle of fish. And that was the last chance backlot brawl for the NXT Championships, the fourth match on the card and the main male belt is, is up for grabs. Adam Cole takes on the Velveteen Dream. What did you think of the the leading video package for this did it do enough to set the scene as to why these two were were going at it and that this was velvet dream's last chance whilst Cole is the champion if he were to if he were to lose
0: Yeah I I I got the gist of, of it and I got the you know what was at stake which was nice um, like I, I I didn't feel like I'm I, my assumption is the velvet dream wanted to shot the title and it's as so simple as that it was nothing really around adam cole it's just like he wanted to shoot that believes he should have had the shot and actually i th- from what i remember correctly he he technically feels like he should have won but the referee was knocked out in a previous match yeah. um and should have had the belt in that match um, i like the, the so therefore the way they sort of set up game i sort of had context around it i enjoyed seeing william regal pop up yes. um i think that was the only time he popped up during the show mm-hmm. um so uh, yeah, and it, it laid some 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 stipulations on the line, which suddenly adds a bit more emphasis to the match. I like the way that, um, and they don't seem to do people don't seem to do this so often. Like for example, we we, we always refer back to AEW, but like Cody Rhodes he lost, he never gets a shot at the title ever again. Mm. Whereas well, this one, he lost, he doesn't get a shot at the title again as long as Adam Cole is against Adam Cole. So yeah. it, it doesn't stop stop Velveteen Dream being able to challenge for that title in, in the future. It just means, while well, Adam Cole's got it and it probably... I, I, who how, how long how how long he's going to go i i don't know my assumption is he's probably not going to go for a million million miles longer because he's yeah. just ta- overtaken the longest person and they probably don't want that to be a, a massive hold because then if someone else comes along and they want to build up you know um after someone comes along they want to build up then then they they probably don't want it to be you know suddenly be like a three-year two-year reign that they've suddenly got to overtake.
1: No, yeah, it's um, it's a it's a bit of a a bit of a cheap stipulation in that sense. And there's rumours floating around that Adam Cole, his contract is coming up in the next sort of six months or so. He does have a history with the Young Bucks. He's been on BTE plenty of times before his NXT run with WWE. So there's some rumours flying around that he may jump ship, but.
0: Well, that's that's not even his big one. His his girlfriend's Britt Baker. Yeah, so. yeah,
1: of course. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, yeah, that that he, he was. Well, obviously, I knew Charlotte and Rhea from previous um, from WrestleMania. Yeah. And Charlotte, obviously, because she's pretty big. But like, he was the I would say Adam Cole was the only one on the whole roster that I knew of before. And yeah. the only reason I know of him is because of AEW um, yeah. and just watching some stuff that's previously been on that. Yeah.
1: So i be interesting. I think he'll stay put in NXT to be honest, but he's another guy like NXT's kind of expanded in the last six to, to, to eight months because they've been going live every week on Wednesdays. But again, I just don't, I just have a feeling that if you went to Royal SmackDown, you'd just get swallowed up there. Um, so it's either stay put in NXT go to, or go to the one of the other rosters and just kind of be middle of the pack, maybe get a one decent run or, you know, go and join your girlfriend in AW. Just don't split up and otherwise you'll cause real risks in the, in the backstage area. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so this was a cinematic shot match. The, the Backlot Brawl. Don't really know what Backlot is. I'm sh- it looked like a car park to me, but it was actually a stage. It was like a, a set almost, um, which I know that Full Sail do have because it's at the university and they've got drama and whatnot there. I did not like the pre- presentation of this match one bit. I hated the fact that especially early in the match when there was in the ring the headlights the headlights god right if you're gonna have the headlights on fine but then don't have the camera at headlight level so that it shines in my fucking eyes i was like who's who's fucking put that together i reckon we could have done better in media studies of paul
0: yeah i was sure where you said the earlier part of the match that that was my biggest gripe with it i enjoy it i preferred it when it went out because i suddenly didn't have headlights in my vision um every other shot and they they, because it was a cinematic shot there was a lot of cuts so um yeah that that was uh that did wind me up as well yeah
1: (laughs) so ignoring that it was a just under 15 minutes well 40 minutes 57 seconds according to uh, what i'm looking at here um what did you make of the match itself i'm obviously i've said i'm not really a fan of cinematic matches although in this sense in this one. I don't think they did anything that made me think that that couldn't have happened in in real time other than the obvious fake blood on Adam Cole's arm when he fell onto the the windshield of the car. That clearly was just painted on or something. It looked like, Garbage, but I don't think they did anything. I didn't have any Matt Hardy transforming under the water, is what I'm getting at. It felt like this no. could have just happened as it was, just with a couple of like artistic camera shots. I don't know if you picked up on anything that you're used like, oh, right, that's it. I know this is now pre-recorded and, and no good.
0: No, I to me, I, I it was. I I agree. I'm not still not a fan of the cinematic match. Um, and the, the, the sooner we can sort of put it to the side, the they won't know even when the crowd's um,
1: back. They'll do one match.
0: They'll yeah. keep doing it because they think um, it's funny
1: or they think it's good.
0: That, but putting that to the side, it's, um, it was probably, it was, it was definitely, mo- should I say it's moving more in a direction that I would appreciate more. Yeah. So like, I don't, as I like, I, uh, you mentioned I don't enjoy stuff where I think, well, why the fuck does that happen? That makes no sense. Or this yeah. just looks staged and stuff like that. Or not staged. Cause you get stuff that looks staged in the ring because it's, it's like theater. But, um, yeah it there was it didn't feel like there was any sort of cuts and you may really think well that's just stupid and now yeah. i know it's just not real um it did feel at least like they were trying to have a a match um yeah the my my problem is with, with these things is just there seems to be too many cuts and i think yeah. that's the problem i feel like if they could probably get away with doing something like that just slow the cuts down don't have so many cinematic cuts where you're having this that and every just doesn't need it um uh but yeah it's uh like it's going more in a better direction it's definitely the best one i think uh i've seen from uh wwe i still prefer the stadium stampede Mm. over this in terms of cinematic however i would definitely we've mentioned before there's stuff on the stadium stampede that we would just drop they betrayed um, me yeah. They tricked me into thinking we, we, they were going to do it won't...
1: properly, and then they fucking put Matt Hardy in a resurrection pool.
0: Yeah, but we we won't go sake. there on this podcast. Um. No. Go back and find um, the
1: archives. Few minutes.
0: No, I was I was relatively. I know you mentioned about the blood on on Adam Cole's arm, but I was relatively sold by that. So I in, in my like I, I like cause they looked like little tiny bits of like glass fragments in him and stuff like that, and I thought, oh, what's going on there? So you know, all in all, like. Um, it's it's not the type of match I would want to see, and and it's probably my it's probably my least favorite match of the show, if I'm being honest, and that's mm. probably going so considering we're going to talk about the next match after this, but it's um <laughs> it it I, I feel like it's it's going in a better direction, and so I can appreciate that. However, saying that the spots and that felt like proper spots um uh, in this match in comparison to maybe some of the other matches like the undertakers um you know match at wrestlemania and stuff like that hard, or yeah. the the fun house match as well so they actually felt like they was doing proper spots which which i can appreciate and you can you can realize that that's hard um, so like the, the the finisher into the the chairs looked fucking horrendous mm. um so like that was really good and i, I did enjoy that i feel like it would have i would have enjoyed it more if it was just a bit grittier in terms of production i feel like it's too productionized yeah that's and it's a shame because we're talking about the production and we're not not talking about the wrestling yeah that's that's the trouble
1: though when you do these cinematic matches the focus comes off the wrestling because you know it's just a bunch of spots sort of cobbled together and you're focusing so much on not being blinded by a fucking car light because they decided to put the cameras at you know the same level yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a decent match. I was surprised to see it this sort of in the middle of the card, but then again, I think they kind of got the order right in hindsight, um, with what it's they just... ended with for sure. But I, I mentioned earlier that there was some potential bad opt- optics going on. Oh yeah,
0: um, what was that?
1: Well, you have Velveteen Dream, a, a, a black man, and then at, at one point you have him on the floor being kicked and beaten up by four white guys, all heels. I just thought uh, that. I mean, this was recorded, I believe, before things really heated up on that on that area. So you kind of give them a pass. They could have cut it out because it was it was pre-recorded and cinematic. But I don't know. I just thought that with everything that's going on, I'm surprised they left that in. It just looked bad yeah. having like four white guys just kicking a black man on the floor with what's going on. I don't know. Maybe it's. You know, it's obviously everywhere at the moment. It just makes you wonder, But especially with WWE, who are doing their best to come across as a an inclusive and forward-thinking company. You just thought maybe they would look at that and say, that's probably not right to have that in here at the moment. Um But, you know, I'm sure a lot of people didn't even notice, in, in all honesty.
0: Yeah no I I know I know what you mean. Um, it probably didn't come across quite as so well. It probably didn't need all. So, uh, not need all the interference. Interference like like they didn't need the Uber part as well. That was another uh, thing I thought well, that was a bit shit. Oh, you know yeah. where she was like turned up and it's like uh. this is just all staged. What the f-? and both doors are open. You know you go through the the Uber. There was another thing as well. Like I remember when uh, Velveteen Dream, well Adam Cole was getting into the car to just try and drive off or something like that. And Velveteen Dream was hitting it with the. Uh, baseball, baseball bat and yeah. in my head I'm thinking why is he just not smashing the windows and if, yeah. if that was me and you're hitting a car with a baseball bat I'm smashing that window I'm not yeah. smashing in a little dodge in the side it makes sense why he didn't smash the, the main windscreen was because that's the one that uh Adam Cole fell through later on in the match yeah. but you know at least you would just smash one of the side windscreens in also, or so not sides the side uh, uh with mirror not mirrors side windows in yeah. um so yeah I felt like that was you know a little bit you know considering it's so cinematic they could have put bloody shit fucking glass in or whatever it is you know the stuff they they have bottles where they smash over each other's head the the sugar glass wherever it is um they could have done that um i felt like you know they could have done maybe a little bit more on that but you know all in all not too bad that there's you know it, it's it, it gets a pass i'd say it's, it's it's not great but it gets a pass
1: yeah they didn't, they didn't let it rumble on too long yeah the interference could have done without i don't know why Ugh. You know, they, it's weird, because so who's sides. that
0: guy that came from out of the ring and was I so I don't know, I've not watched any and so I, they didn't actually explain who that guy was before as well so like, if someone like me comes in that's not watching TV, I have no idea who he is and why he's stealing two of those uh, minions away and throwing <sighs> them in the boot. Yeah, <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I didn't either because he wasn't in the packages. I know Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong are part of the stable that Cole heads up so they're, they're like the tag team part of it so, I wasn't surprised to see them turn up, but yeah, I don't know what Loomis is playing at. I'm sure someone will will correct us who watches it day in, day out. We then have Karrion Cross taking on Tommaso Champa. Now, I heard you a minute ago saying that you said that your least favourite match was Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream, and, and that's saying something for what happened next. I'm getting the feeling that perhaps you didn't like this match.
0: I, I think it's – I don't know if it's not I didn't like this match – i found it just a bit odd uh, Mm. and unsettling so it was it's your quintessential squash match um however like one like well maybe i'll come into the entrance afterwards but like it was a squash match against as from what i can make out someone who's actually very uh revered within the business so absolutely so like it's you've got this this if if he's doing that to one of the guys that's, you know, one of, if not, yeah, could easily win the world championship in NXT. Yeah. Then surely now this, this guy is like the kingpin and can do anything. And like, I, 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 maybe on my knees because we've been watching a lot of AEW and all these big guys are coming in and they're getting squash matches against <laughs> nobodies. And you're like, yeah. Oh, well, they're just going to go over. Well, he it sort of has a squash catch against, you know, this real, this big name for the, the brand and mm. suddenly wins really easily. And you think, actually so it's actually i guess it cemented his place um yeah. so yeah i guess it was a bit uneasy i felt I felt really uneasy about the not uneasy about the interest i just couldn't it's weird it's like a noir an arts noir film or yeah something like that, and it was it was a bit strange but i need like had these big eyes and i i, I say it, I, th- I don't mean it was bad in, in in a bad way actually i think it probably was okay and there's lots to talk about i just feel uneasy it felt strange a strange match to me maybe not in a bad way but just different
1: yeah i think this is actually and this will surprise you, this is actually probably my favorite match on the card because i for a while i spent a good few months watching NXT week in week out. So I got quite familiar with Tommaso shampoo and he like you, you you were correct. He was really revered within NXT, former NXT champion tag champion. Uh, I don't know if he's won the the North American title, but I'm pretty sure he has somewhere along the line, but he's been main eventing. He's, I think he's appeared in like 13 takeover events or something like that. Like he's a, he's a, big deal with NXT and carrying cross is relatively new been there like a couple of months. And this is the, the establishment match. This puts him, you say, now you look at carrying cross and you go, okay, he means business. He is at a level where if they had a good babyface champion, not saying Adam Cole's a bad champion, but he's a heel at the moment, carrying cross is the man to, to take that on. And actually we, we speak about, um, AW and looking at some of the bigger guys they've had come in and, and just do squashes, um like Brody Lee. Who's the other big fucker they'd come in and start squashing people? Cage. Cage. Yeah, he's coming as well. Was, this, was there one more?
0: Yeah, I, Lance them?
1: Archer. Oh, and Lance Archer. So they came in and Cage has only had one match to be fair. We probably two by the time we've you know this is dropped, but he's had like he's had the the, the ladder match and one other on the dynamite. Um, but Lance Archer and um. Fuck me, Brody Lee, Jesus, what has gone wrong with me? I think it's the (laughs) sleep. Brody Lee. They were pretty much for most of their matches squashing guys left, right and centre. So when they especially when Brody Lee then took on Moxley for the belt, it was a bit like where where is he in the pecking order? And he actually took that match with Moxley to define him as okay, he's not good enough to win the world championship against Moxley, but now we know he's a tough bastard and he can he can hang. But going into that match I think you'd agree that both of us were sort of like, yeah, Brody Levy, mocks, a bit of a yeah. as a main event that's not really well established. But I think I think what they've done with Karrion and Cross is the right way to do it. You build him up through the weeks against lesser opponents, then you put him on a a big show like Takeover, and he just dismantles. Someone who has been a figurehead in this business and in this 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 brand for years on end, a former champion, Tommaso Ciampa tries to get some head of steam going, but just can't. Just shut down every time he tries, and then he's choked out in six minutes thirteen seconds. And now you know that if you see Karrion Cross again, you know what level he's at. So if he goes on to have a world title match, you know he means business. So I actually think that this is the right way to do it. And AEW have had missed a trick in building up some of their the newer guys. That's just...
0: Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I don't disagree completely. I think it was, I think it was just the, the take back of the, the shock of not seeing something like that recently, yeah. and I was just like, oh. Um,
1: I was stunned I... that he, the way he just dominated cuz I was expecting Champer to put up a really good fight and it would run twenty minutes, it'd get 50-50 in, but he, just knowing what I know about Champer, that was, and then no, there was like no, carrying cross is the real deal. And I was like, Jesus, he's one to keep an eye on. <laughs> I had one thing that annoyed me that I made a note of. <laughs> Karrion Cross, did, Cross did an F five. Now, that's a Brock Lesnar's finisher. It's fine. It's quite a you know, it's quite a good move for big guys to do. I think Wardlow does an F ten where he just chucks them off his shoulder and they spin around twice. Uh, on the commentary, they they mentioned that that it looked like something the beast incarnate would do, which is what they call Brock Lesnar. Why can't they just call it an F five? They just went that move, that move, this move here, this move here. It looks like the beast, beast incarnated. I was like, just call it F five. We know it's an F five.
0: Yeah, me. they they, don't, they they don't like to call things the same name, trademark. Oh. I'm sure they, you know, they say that Brock Lesnar suddenly gets brand in rights, and you know oh. they have to pay him some cash or something along the lines.
1: It's Nonsense. you come up with a name that's called like the cross cutter or some bollocks, and then do it, don't just <laughs> say that move that move several times. I was like, I know what that movie say it. Say F5, you pricks. That That's a nice segue. What did you it's, think? It's,
0: it's, it's funny on. you should say that. Cause there's, there's, and this is a relevant news. There's an ongoing sort of Twitter spat at the moment between Brian Cage mm. and, uh, Lacey, whatever her name Evans. is on SmackDown. Yeah. Because yeah. she does that, uh, jump where she jumps onto the ropes and then sort of moonsaults off the top. And Brian Cage was doing that. And then I think there was a load of, beef going on twitter going oh you're copying Lacey. and he was like loads of people have done this move before yeah. Lacey and stuff like that and so yeah it's it's this whole uh, you know who owns the moves i think it's nobody owns really any moves anymore nah. um yeah, actually it's funny all of a sudden you know, i was listening to Undertaker the other day on youtube and he was saying how he, he can't say anything to any anyone now and when he sees people walk along the top rope um <laughs> Like that was was always the Undertaker's thing walking along the top rope, but actually now there's there's guys doing it day in day out there in WWE. So he can't you know be having words and stuff like that. I get it if you're trying to protect your move and mm. and you're still within that company or that yeah, brand. Absolutely. But yeah. like if you're not within, you that don't company own that the brand, whole world of wrestling. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's it's likely
1: that Brian Cage may have been doing that before. <laughs> like, oh def- just, and he
0: definitely
1: it, was yeah and it, and it was on he was doing it on impact that less people watch and the, I, I don't know if he's doing it before lacey evans i don't know if anyone will know the answer to that question but yeah you don't own a move across promotions i'm afraid within the same promotion absolutely protect finishes and strong moves do not let people do your finisher just willy-nilly um that's why i don't on AEW like qt marshall uses the the qt cutter which is basically a diamond cutter but everyone does a cutter like every match, there's a, a cutter assault. So I'm like, that's his finisher now, and it just makes it look weak shit. Anyway, we're talking yeah. about NXT takeover <laughs> in your house. Um, I wanted to ask you about the commentary because, um, the I find that the Raw and SmackDown commentary teams, they're, they're, no, they're they're pretty terrible. They just say stuff that normal humans wouldn't say. They uh, it's so formulaic, and it just they sound like robots half the time. The, NXT is very different because they have. Moro Ronello, there, who is just 100 miles per hour, you know, going mad, shouting, making you either pumping you up or fatiguing you. What did you think of Ronello during this particular event? I'm assuming this might be the first wrestling event you've heard him call. You may have heard him call an MMA or a boxing event back in the day, but how did it fit with watching him do some pro wrestling?
0: I, I quite liked it. Like I, and I, I didn't sort of pick up or take away any of the free commentators as sort of like saying, I really like that person's style mm. and stuff like that. Like one of the, the, the commentators was hall of famer, the, the woman, I forget her name. Oh, yeah, um, Phoenix. yeah, that's it. She's so, fucking um,
1: dreadful. She's awful.
0: <laughs> but, um, I, I like, I thought I quite enjoyed the country. One of the things actually that by asking this question, you reminded me about is actually for the first time in watching wwe events i'm I'm hearing references to to things outside of the the current wwe universe Mm. i heard mentions (laughs) of ecw and and i heard and 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 not to segue into the next or anything but they were talking about the the japanese circuit and stuff mm. like that and i was thinking all these things that it seemed banned on raw smackdown and so yeah. forth suddenly you know they're a bit more liberal with that and that's one of that the things that we always say we, we they're not fully liberals and they won't talk about like the AEW ring of honor and all that nah, stuff yeah. or, or, or new japan but they they it feels like they will they will understand wrestling outside of the world and a bit of and the history and they will refer some of that into their knowledge and i just think that adds weight to to them as commentators because it shows that they've got knowledge of you know their subject which a commentator should have and they should have that historical knowledge and that knowledge of the wider domain so that they can you know when they call things they can relate it to other things or understand when there's a reference to something else going on um and i think i really i did enjoy that from nxt i must admit and i can understand why the nxt after this pay-per-view i would assume is an is an older audience than uh, Raw and SmackDown. It definitely feels like they're they're oh. aiming a bit more towards uh, the mature wrestling fans rather than you know the child wrestling fans. Not all the time, but definitely yeah. they're more on that wavelength.
1: Yeah, I'd had this. I had the median age group for people that watch it, and it was either yeah. So the median age, which is basically a way of working out an average. I can't remember which way they do it nowadays. What what medium and all that all that is now, but it's it's, it's a form of working out an average. And the NXT's median age is 55. So mm. you're right. Falls into the, the older demographic for sure. It was during this match that I noticed also that the bell was ringing twice. I don't know if you picked up on that when they started a match, a bell would go in the background and a bell would then go like through the microphone. So I don't know whether there was a disconnection there or well, what it might have been my stream. It could have been that, but then I thought I'd have been hearing other things twice.
0: Uh, no, I didn't notice that at all. My no. stream did go out of sync at one point. I had to, you know, rebuffer it, but yeah. apart from that, n- nothing else. No.
1: no. We then got an advert for the greatest wrestling match ever coming up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Edge, Edge and Randy Orton.
0: Next week's podcast. Next week, well,
1: yeah, Backlash. So we look forward to tearing into that if it's not the greatest wrestling match ever um it's already been recorded apparently so it's going to be i don't know if it's going to be i think it's going to be more in line with it's not going to be gimmicked like it'll be presented as an actual match but they've already done it so we will prepare and see how that how that pans out but I mean, you can't just set themselves up for
0: failure, aren't they? Like, there's what just... if it is, though? What if we go we next? I don't know what can make something the greatest wrestling match. <laughs> not with match. those two, <laughs> no,
1: they're both like Hall of Famers, like fantastic wrestlers. But you'd think in 2020, can Randy Orton, an edge who's got a surgically repaired neck, put on the greatest wrestling match ever? Their words, not mine. You would, if you were betting, you'd go, I probably were going to bet against that, but I'd be happily proved wrong because i'd love to see the the greatest wrestling match ever
0: if it's if it's not the greatest even the greatest bloody um wrestling match on that card but it's just um, it's going to be livid (laughs) yeah yeah. like it's it's like it's just yeah it's 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 hard once once you've sold something like that you're you're setting yourself up for failure even if you've pre-recorded it like Mm. it's you could have all the gimmicks in the world um and it could just be like, just sometimes, you know, the rawness of of a match can just be like, wow, that that's amazing. And uh, like we we refer to AEW a lot, but if it, in my head, if it's not better than the 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 hangman kenny versus young backs match oh, yeah. then i i, I don't want to know because to me that's match of the year so far um mm. so and i'm i've not watched a lot of wrestling but for me like that that is stands up as match of the year so I mean, you is. know i've they've got to beat that in my eyes
1: it is in many people's eyes so it's not a it's not an unpopular opinion um within our triple threat nxt women's title match Eo shirai charlotte flair and rhea ripley we'd seen charlotte flair and rhea ripley at wrestlemania put on my favorite match of both nights um but we go seventeen minutes 30 odd seconds and Eo shirai comes up trumps takes the title leaving charlotte flair empty-handed and rhea ripley well and truly called off now
0: yeah it's um i i must admit i was a little bit surprised at this one i thought it was a a good match as well like Mm. i I enjoyed it um lots of good spots
1: imagine the next nxt pay-per-view being headlined with the women's title match triple threat Uh, sorry aw
0: yeah well that's (laughs) the thing like it shows you just how how much better that the the nxt and i i thought it was probably out of everything it was the right match to headline the the show it felt like it it, it was it was the right setup i just i just not sure it was the right winner uh, in my opinion Mm. uh, from what i saw in that match so like uh, and i'll go a little way to sort of explain so i come at this with i guess sort of relatively fresh eyes and not not seen a lot i have seen rhea ripley versus charlotte at wrestlemania we both really enjoyed that match i think rhea ripley and charlotte flair both look better wrestlers during the match in terms of their consistency their ground game the, the their spots and and stuff like that however Io shirai I, my understanding is, and, and maybe this is why, maybe I'm being a bit unfair, is that they they call her like the, uh, the aerial wizard or something like yeah, that, yeah. what it was or something like that. So I'm assuming all her spots are high spots off the ropes and stuff like that, and that's great and stuff like that. But I was just I just felt like she was lacking the you know the grappling, the in ring stuff that you know I I I I've come to appreciate over over time, and um, so I was a little bit like to me that seemed like. Uh, a strange way maybe uh, i get it maybe they, they, they need some new stars and stuff like that and and i'm not sure what she has been taken in in all the build-up and maybe she's uh, a really good And this just maybe wasn't her her greatest performance maybe uh, yeah. maybe it was I, d- I don't know but um i also thought the the finish seemed a little bit weak um she sort of came off the top and she's just about caught rear ripped his head i thought she like was like I, missed
1: it it was one of those ones where it actually looked like it probably hurt more than it being done properly like the legs just landed on her face and i was like jesus that's gonna yeah that's gonna be rough like you want to try and land sort of body where she landed so you don't just break someone's nose and knock their teeth out but yeah barely but that, barely caught yeah. her
0: but but even that surely like i've seen people they and very often they'll count for a pin when someone's got them in a figure four or yeah. something along those lines and they've got their shoulders on the floor so why is it that charlotte flair didn't also was it not some sort of like there, there's this this ambigu- ambiguity between it like you could have said well charlotte flair technically had the pin because yeah. she also had her legs wrapped around rear ripley for the the three seconds and so yeah. I, don't, I don't know like i felt like Maybe maybe their legs were just entangled too quick and they Charlotte Flair just couldn't, and Charlotte Flair didn't get really hit by the, the splash or whatever it was and so couldn't pretend to sort of roll away injured. Yeah. Um, but uh it, it did feel like the end the, the ending was a little bit botched. Um however, like as I said, I've just been critical quite a bit there. I I I, I did really enjoy it. the match um <laughs> i did really enjoy the match was lots of good spots and i a lot of the stuff when and uh and came off the top especially when she came off the top of the the house or whatever oh yeah that was a good spot um there was some really good uh it, just just some aggressive stuff in there by uh ria mm. uh, ripley and even by by charlotte flair as well um i i do like watching i've watching charlotte flair i think she's she's really really good she's a really technically sound wrestler um she's definitely you know learned from her father and and can play a a really good character as well at the same time she's you can always just just the smirks in the ring and all that just the what i call like the softer stuff not like the wrestling, but the stuff you know, like that's telling the story. Mm. She's really, really good at, it, and so I can appreciate that. So yeah, I was I was generally really quite impressed with the the, the match itself. I, as I said, like I'm, I'm not sure I, I agreed with how it finished, but you know, I'm I'm not the booker. I'm not writing it, and you know, you know. I I could I could no, I'm not. So <laughs> you know, Triple H, if you're listening, um, but you know, uh, I I'd like to see where it goes to be honest, because yeah. I'd like to because Io Shuri is also. You could see in that match she's physically a lot smaller yeah. than the others, so I I I don't want it to turn into a sit. I wouldn't want it to turn into a similar type of scenario where you know uh, where Riho held the belt in AW because I just felt like she just she looked too small sometimes and like against the people she's coming up yeah, against. Yeah, kept it, putting like,
1: against Nina Rose. I was like, "What are you doing? Find some exactly. of
0: equal size." But yeah. Exactly, you want to see some people, you know, like matching up and stuff like that. And so sometimes that can lose the immersion. But like yeah, yeah I, I'm not saying it's the wrong wrong decision or anything like that. It'd just be I'd just maybe it just just caught me off guard a bit.
1: because yeah, I think after the WrestleMania match between Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair, I'd speculated that this is the right thing to do, like have Charlotte Flair, beat Rhea Ripley, like she's not ready just yet, but over the course of the year build Rhea Ripley up. Then when they next meet, perhaps she gets a win over her. And then you have like a third match where she cements it and beats her. But then they've got Io Shirai now that's won it. And I wonder whether... I don't know whether Charlotte Flair's going to stick around. She's been no, working I'm, on all the brands.
0: Yeah, she lately. did three matches in three days. Though, yeah. I saw someone... I was watching St. "Gone." She was on SmackDown and on Raw. And yeah. I think she's potentially got a title shot or something now lined up. I don't know. Maybe I've got that a bit wrong. But like, she's definitely clearly coming away from next i'd imagine nxt
1: yeah you'd think so but you never know maybe she'll she'll carry on and keep doing so but then that begs the question of okay charlotte never got pinned for the belt so she's got a bit of a claim there i'd always i'd always want to settle that just triple threats always a little bit silly in my eyes in that in the fact that the champion can lose without technically losing themselves so there's definitely a claim there but yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see where they go with this, With where, where Shariah, uh, maybe the rear Ripley they, they meet at some point. But I don't know. It, a good match, though. I enjoyed it. I, I I liked the finish, but I had heard that they'd done that finish before in the last few weeks on TV. So people were like, right, we've seen a very similar finish to that. But it was a bit of a, a sketchy like execution, but I liked the idea of her coming off the, the ropes whilst everyone had forgotten about it. Because I'd forgot, I thought she was out of the match at that point. I was thinking, yeah. oh, here we go. Another tap out, but that was a little bit of a swerve, which I enjoyed. But, um, that was NXT takeover in your house. I hope they do another in your house next year. and Just keep, keep it alive the in your house name, because it does have some classical bits in there that I, I like to enjoy. But, um, before we kind of score the event and we've got kind of a, a, a semi new scoring system, which we, I'll explain in one minute. It's really simple, but, the question that's forever NXT was the developmental division of WWE. So you you start you start in NXT, then if you prove your worth and they think we can make some big money off you or, or you can do a job on the on the quote unquote main roster, you are promoted to Raw or you're promoted to SmackDown. So it was it was intended as a as a farm system almost. Now they have. Got it weekly live on the USA network, competing directly with with AEW. No surprise there that that's that it's doing that. But did this did this feel like a legitimate third brand to you, given the exposure you've had to Raw and SmackDown, or did it kind of feel like still I can tell this is like developmental and that people will be quote unquote promoted to the main roster? Um, or did it feel like a bit of a hybrid where there's bits of it that you go, yep, definitely a legit third brand, but also some bits on there that you go, hmm, probably probably could do with some development, or is it, it feels like a development brand?
0: Personally, so it was it's interesting to say this because like we call it developmental as well. There's there's like Finn who's come back yep. into it. So yep. what does that mean? He got demoted? Like so? Well, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so do you look at it like that, or so it's so in some sort of Aspects like I, I don't know, like I, I I personally think if they're using it to promote people to Raw and SmackDown, it it might it might have started off like that, but it's not how it sort of feels like it from me looking at it now. Mm. To me, it feels like it's its own brand in its own right, and actually, it's it's its target audience is slightly different, uh and it's more of a, an older sort of maybe a more into sort of hardcore wrestling uh, mm. and so forth. um And actually, I feel like you know you could quite happily have big money wrestlers on that that are just different and like that sometimes you might get a crossover you know pay-per-view where some like nxt will turn up and just kick the crap out of a smackdown yeah some guys and stuff a bit like when ecw take over and stuff like that back in the day and i feel like that's sort of how it should be kept because i personally think there wasn't one wrestler there in that show that i didn't think wasn't good I, I think all of them put put on, put on well wrestled really well, um, and I could see all of the. I could easily get myself invested in that. I I said that I wouldn't do Raw and I wouldn't do SmackDown, um, and I haven't watched the pay per views. I, I still hold by that, but I could see myself watching NXT. It seems a oh. bit more grittier yeah. and a bit more you know more inclined to what I like. You know some some sort of proper wrestling and actually we didn't have any sort of crappy shitty matches in this pay-per-view which was which was really nice we had a squash match but actually it's a very legitimate type of squash match and and actually it it progressed the story and built a character and did a really good thing um so you know for me like i I won't watch it i'm being honest like i'm not gonna go and watch it weekly but I, I I would I would potentially if if I if, if I got bored of AEW mm. I would and I would still want my wrestling fix I would definitely go and look at NXT. Yeah
1: yeah I mean it's it's definitely it still has some of the WWE sort of things that I don't like you know it just feels a bit sterile sometimes but it's far less sterile than. Like Raw or SmackDown, like has its own kind of identity, and I think the more they keep it separated from the brands, the better. In most cases, I think having Charlotte there has been kind of nice for the girls to be able to work with, and they have done. They had done a mini invasion angle, sort of going back to November where they they all invaded like Raw and SmackDown, and and actually at that point I switched off weekly because I wanted NXT just to be almost like a separate universe where I didn't have to keep up with or Smackdown. And then I found out Adam Cole was wrestling Daniel Bryan on Smackdown. And I was like, right, that's a really, really good match, but I don't have to sit through Smackdown now to figure out what's going on with NXT. So when they started doing that, it really put me off. They've kind of gone back into their silos again. And, um, I still won't watch it weekly, much like you. I will not commit to it. Uh, Yeah, if I got bored, I'd probably take a look at it, I guess. If I got bored of AEW, I'd take a look at it. Um, Or maybe I'd look at New Japan, but they don't really do a weekly TV show, so it's a little bit different. But it's certainly, out of the three selections you have, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT easily is is above Raw and SmackDown-like. Yeah, and if, and if you can, if they could just promise to keep it to two hours every week, you can just watch NXT, not worry about main roster stuff or Raw or SmackDown. I keep saying main roster because you know it's just ingrained in my head that it's it's a developmental. Um, but in it, it, its to be fair to its credit, it may well still be used as developmental, either calling up people like Matt Riddle, Dominic Dijakovic, all that all that good stuff. But it 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 doesn't feel like that. So they're making it feel like a legitimate brand, which is the important thing. Um, But yeah, I was reasonably impressed with this. I have seen better events from TakeOver. I feel like they're, the energy they they they're much like AEW. They lose quite a lot with the crowd not being there. I'm not going to lie. I don't think Raw or SmackDown lose much because sometimes the crowd are actually trying to play against the baby faces <laughs> when, they, when they get a smart crowd in. But generally, like NXT, they have a good like feverish sort of crowd there, which is always always good to see. But it was a, it was a, it was a decent event, and it didn't didn't run too long. Didn't outstay its welcome. I think WWE, and we'll see with Backlash, they. I hope they keep it sort of two hours under three hours. They're not being overindulgent with the, with the big events or the pay-per-views. They're keeping them relatively short, knowing that it's difficult to put on a three plus hour show with no fans. Um, so I'm hoping that they carry that on with backlash and, and yeah, NXT, I think they've done themselves no, no disservice here. Wouldn't say spectacular. It's still uh, a very good wrestling show. And, you know, compared to money in the bank, I'm going to watch in your house, take over a, Again, if I had to, and probably and over WrestleMania as well, because that's two nights of fucking five hours or whatever it was, ridiculous sort of stay yeah, affair. That, so. Yeah,
0: never doing that again. <laughs> no.
1: Um, one one general question: if you had the option, maybe two. If you had the option, say if NXT appeared on ITV like Dynamite does on in the UK. Yeah. Would, you, would that tempt you to, to jump over ever or you, if AEW still kind of got their hooks in and you don't think NXT quite has that yet to, to take it over even if it was on a level playing field just in terms of broadcasting?
0: Uh, if, if even if it was, a, I don't think I'd turn over. The reason being um, is is that worry that you could become invested in a a an athlete and yeah. they could then suddenly just get promoted and you're like oh well that's shit now they're just gone yeah and and whereas at least in AEW, i can get invested and the only way they're ever gonna leave is if they go to go to a different company and then that sort of that feels different that feels, yeah that's not doesn't feel like aw shitting on me because they just want more money out of <laughs> that 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 wrestler so um yeah, so I, I'd always probably stick with AEW uh, at the moment over NXT. Um, however, I think it, isn't NXT free in the UK? Is it on? on isn't it, isn't that becoming? Um, so we, we've mentioned about the the network. Isn't that one of the free shows? I think Raw and SmackDown's going to be free on there as well.
1: So Raw and SmackDown are free, but they are delayed. So I think it's like a thirty day delay. So, you cool. can, so yeah, it's not like. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> I
1: thought when it was when they saw that I
0: was like, oh, that's No, no. yeah, because no, because
1: yeah. especially in the UK, BT Sport have um, WWE coverage, which includes NXT. So I don't think the network's going to have it like um, on the free version. They still have it on the paid version. Uh, so I you know, it might, maybe they will, but I'd, I'd be surprised if BT Sport signed that off for of the UK version of it.
0: Um, yeah yeah but, no, i didn't realize that <laughs> yeah so i
1: have actually said in the past that consistently in terms of just consistency i find that nxt's wrestling quality is actually more steady than AEW. like you get a few you get like a few little dips and a few peaks now and again but generally it's like a pretty high level like very rarely is there a bad match on there whereas i find AEW like they're a bit like schizophrenic they'll go from like the match of the year to something just ungodly awful bad and then back up again they're kind of up and down up and down up and down do you did you get that feeling just from this one event that there's a consistency play that nxt probably has over aw where the highs are not as high but the lows are not as low
0: oh yeah definitely it, it i could you could mash this whole card into Sword one because every match was really good quality, and I think we saw sort of said this pretty much the whole way through, even mm. in the 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 cinematic match. And but I, nothing. I I, I look back and there were spots, but there's no sort of like yeah, they, they, there's no real big 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 highs or like oh my god, I can't believe yeah. that's happened or something like that. Whereas AEW, it feels like AEW will also. They, they'll take a few more risks and they like sometimes sticking a couple of fingers up at, um, at, <laughs> yeah, at WWE. So like, they, you know, I, I remember seeing somewhere earlier this week that a, a move got banned in WWE uh, last week. And so AEW did it on, on dynamite, the previous dynamite. <laughs> and just, 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 of course they would, you know, yeah. if they feel like a bit like that younger brother that, you know, would always try and do something just to try and, uh, up his brother and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, if and stuff like that. So, um, yeah uh yeah i definitely feel like that the ups are, are definitely a lot more up in aw but you do have some atrocious matches and we we let them know when when when, when it does happen yeah. um but yeah it definitely felt like this this was sort of like a very consistent level of wrestling um uh, and it it was it was good i I, maybe they can't have the highs as much because suddenly they get someone that can bring the highs in there. So sort of shipped off to SmackDown and rule.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those things that the, the performance center, or whatever they're doing to train people coming up into NXT, or if, or if they're just picking up from the Indies and then chucking them on like a crash course if they need it to train sort of in the methodology of NXT. Like everyone is so consistent. Generally for n x t whereas even like on a on a w they just sometimes you just see spots that just completely botch and you think, "Oh that's a real stinker, but then they'll go and have an excellent match the next match, and it'll be just like knock your socks off, so yeah, I can see why people definitely stick with n x t you never you're very rarely i think going to be treated as something bad, um but you just might not get that bit of special sauce that sometimes a w has. Let's move on to kind of scoring the event, so we used to do a ten system. That's been bin because it's too many figures. I find you doing ten, you, you ain't using the bottom half of that. I don't think people generally will. But it's been transformed into a much more simplistic system where you can either give an event two thumbs up. I thought it was a great event. One thumb up, I thought it was a good event. Sort of neutral, thumbs in the middle. One thumb down, didn't really like it. Two thumbs down, thought it was dreadful. So where are you going to put WWE NXT Takeover in your house? which aired June the 7th, 2020 from the Full Sail University in Winter Park, Florida, attendance zero behind the closed doors.
0: Cool. The real pressure. So going off the back of the previous two WWE events, which we didn't score in this, this way. And I no. don't know if we score scored at all. They, the previous, and by the previous two, we mean um, money in the bank and uh, WrestleMania, which probably would have scored either one or two thumbs down. Um, <laughs> Uh, and i've not thought too hard about that so like no, I don't know which way around no, agree. but uh, this event from going from that to this event i would score it one thumbs up I, yeah. I i i enjoyed it like i it wasn't just like it wasn't bland as in like i just sort of sat through and went yeah that was all right there was some there were some nice moments in it and uh um some nice storytelling and some nice flashbacks and and i like it there was, as you said there was none of that special sauce to take it to the the, the two thumbs up mm. but um uh it was definitely just you know it was just like you've gone out for a nice meal um at, at, um, at like miller and carter and got a steak and thought yeah that, that 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 was a good steak i enjoyed it but you know maybe they forgot to put on the the, the special sauce after that, that you that you really wanted
1: yeah agreed <laughs> agreed um I'll, I'll also give it one thumbs up and i'm kind of comparing it to some of the other takeover events i've seen and i know they can do better than this like they can really knock it out the park and they've definitely got the capability to do a two thumbs up for sure it's just having the right mixture of, of wrestlers and I really like being in an arena with fans would really help that I think it's really really going to be difficult for any event to get two thumbs up the way it is um, you can say it's unfair but it's just it, it, I've been watching old um, NWA Jim Crockett and WCW events so I've gone from Starcade 83 which we did I think I'm at I'm in 1988 now Cool. And God, the crowd there, they go nuts. And Flair is just he's just unbelievable. Every match he's in, he's never about in a bad match, and he's always the main event or close to it. Like he's he's really is incredible. It's it's great to see him back in it. But yeah, the fans coming back will definitely help. And I think they there's definitely, I've seen Keith Lee and Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, Tommaso Ciampa all have better matches than this as well. So I'm gonna reserve the two thumbs up for when I eventually see a combination that I that I really enjoy. But one thumbs up for me for NXT TakeOver in your house or streaming over the WWE Network. Yes. Right. We will be back next Friday permitting any disasters or emergencies that pop up. And as you heard, Paper did all basically verbally commit to backlash. So he's going to put himself through the ringer of a main roster or a Raw and SmackDown... I'm going to call it main roster because it's easier. A main <laughs> roster show um which is Backlash we're going to be treated to the greatest wrestling match ever so don't worry it's all going to be worth it at the end of the day but we will see you back next Friday with a review and recap of WWE Backlash and we're also going to work on doing a special um event which me and paper have both watched we've just got to find the time to record it and find a week where there's not a live event happening um and that will be smackum whackum from the wwe network it's a coliseum home video that was released in the early 90s and very very interesting to say the least so that will be coming at some point in the future Um, And we'll explain more when we get to that episode as to how that come about and perhaps how you can also do that, uh, (coughs) Patreon. And, um, yeah, that'll be it. Nothing more for us to say apart from thanks for your time and ta-da.